0: Welcome to the Empire Builders Masterclass Podcast. Join me, Lucas Marino, and my co-host, Honore Corder, as we explore actionable ways for creative entrepreneurs to build their books, courses, brands, businesses, mindsets, the works. All right, let's build that empire. <laughs> you got Hey, everybody. How you doing? Lucas Marino here, the wonderful Miss Honoré Quarter. How are you, ma'am?
1: Fantastic.
0: All right. We are going to talk to Honoré today about all the amazing things that are happening in her world, because if you're like me and you follow Honoré, you're just constantly smiling from ear to ear about what's happening in her world, because it's all so amazing. And, um, the, you know, if, if it's if it's not the mastermind, which is just phenomenal. Then it's, a, you know, it's just some course I've been waiting for. And it finally, you know, like, and then she just answers the mail by sending out this awesome course. And you're like, yes, I'm just getting ready to publish a book. And here comes a course on marketing books. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, um, could you do me a favor and tell me a little bit about like how you got started? Like, how did all this, how did all this come about?
1: Um, well, this is not the the 20 hour video. This is the you know, the 10 minute, 20 minute video. So how I got started with where I am today is I was a business coach and a speaker. So if you want to know the backstory, I'm just going to, I'm going to pimp, uh, Karen Hunsanger surrounded by champions book because that my whole story is kind of in there. So go check that out. Link below, right? How am I doing link below (laughs) getting the hang of it? Um, Thank you. Um, So I was a business coach and a speaker, and I met Mark Victor Hansen, who a lot of people will know is the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And he said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a coach and a speaker. And I did a little hair flip. And he was like, oh, that's cute. Everyone's a coach and a speaker. You should write a book. So that started me on my book writing journey. And I wrote my first book and it did all sorts of wonderful and marvelous things as he promised that it would do. And, um, my co-star is here. (laughs) (laughs) Whose tail is that? (laughs) (laughs) Whose tail is that? It's Frappuccino. Um, so I was coaching and speaking and I wrote my first book and writing a book, which is, you know, my kind of the, the, my hill that I stand on, right. Is that writing a book is the thing that differentiates you from the other people who say, well, I do that too. Right. I'm a, this and a that and a blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, a book separates you in a way that really nothing else does. Right. right? So I wrote my first book and I experienced that organically I experienced those, uh, brand boosting income boosting uh, revenue generating, new client finding bonuses that come from writing a book. And I got what I call the fever. A lot of times, people will say, oh, "I want to write a book," and then they write a book, and they go, "Then I got another book idea," and then I had another book idea, and I had another book idea. And I, I kind of liken it to when you're really, really sick and you've got the fever, so you're a little crazy. <laughs> it's like I love it. I'm going to write a book about. I'm going to write a book about this. I'm going to write, write a book about this, and it's like. Okay. So you, so you might get the fever. You have the fever. I got the fever. So then I wrote the successful single mom, which became the successful single mom book series, which has six books in the series, which led to bulk sales, which led to the successful single dad, which led to, which led to, which led to. So I started to identify and build multiple income streams from my coaching business, from my speaking and training business, from my um publishing initiatives one thing kind of led to the other and I I did what I recommend people do which is follow the breadcrumbs like pay attention to what people are asking for Mm. so I developed my first journal because someone said I'd really like a place to write these ideas down and then I was like oh I'll I'll do a journal it would be so nice to go through this program with other people so I developed group coaching And so I just kind of followed the breadcrumbs and ultimately that led me to attend a conference. And we talked about this a little bit in the intro video where the underlying, um, message or conversation there was about masterminds and someone who was in my ecosystem said you had a mastermind. I'd sure be in it. And I said, oh, um,
0: I need to think you.
1: What what was that? Uh well that's Christine uh Goodner who oh. is a violin, a Suzuki violin uh teacher, and she's in Oregon. And I just said, why? What is it? What is it? And she said, if you you have an empire and I want one and I'd love to learn from you about that. So I went on, I did what any logical person would do, Lucas. I went to the Facebook group <laughs> that yeah. I host. And I said, Would anybody be interested in this? And Lo and behold, it was a really popular post and people were were asking about it. So I, I did what I often do, which is how much would I charge for this? I don't know. Let's throw out a number. Let's do a calculation on the time people are going to get, my time commitment, how I want it to be, what would the investment be based on that return on investment, and how can I overpromise or underpromise and overdeliver um, so that the people... It's a no-brainer decision, and the people who do say yes are thrilled that they made that decision, right? That's my my intention every single time. And so I started EBM and uh, after doing building a million dollar book business, right? that came into play. And so now I have the books, the courses, uh, EBM, I do um, very limited, uh custom books for people who have more money than time and they want to auto become an author which means that somebody has to pay attention to all of those details it's just not the person who is you know building their own empire they just need a book to go in the empire but they don't have the time to have the learning curve they don't want to wait for traditional publishing That they want something that is done right and monetizable right so they'll come to me so i do that on a very limited basis but i think one of my very favorite uh thing is helping people to write, publish, and monetize their book. So they come with a book idea or they come with a book and they go, I don't really know how this could be monetized. Like, what could I do with this? And it's really fun for me to put my brain on their book and their business. And
0: you're so good at it.
1: Thank you. That it it just seems to me, that's how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Like there are lots of ways my brain doesn't work to be clear. (laughs) A lot of things I'm not able to do, but that I'm able to do. I'm really able to talk to people and say, have you considered this, or have you thought about doing that? And so EBM is a way for me to do that real time on a consistent basis with a small group of people. Um, that allows me to have those ongoing conversations and really learn those nuances. Like, what's your personality? Like, what's your time and money availability? What is it that you ultimately want? How you know, how urgent are you? Because some income streams are faster than others, right? So writing a book is, is longer than a course, yeah. let's say, right? Yeah. So if someone says, oh, I have urgency around creating money because in, you know, if you haven't watched Lucas's video, go watch Lucas's video where he had that moment of brushing his teeth and learning that he was starting a new business that day and <laughs> employing people. What's your urgency around creating income? Well, it's pretty pretty urgent. And other people are like, you know what, I have the time to invest in X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, well, this could be a longer tail, a bigger return on investment. And sometimes in the courses of of courses, particularly interestingly, putting a course in place means that you can spend less time and get a larger Mm -hmm. return on your investment, even than doing a book, but there's still benefits to doing a book just like there are benefits to doing a course so that's kind of me in a nutshell and then me personally um also the cat hair right all like so. keeping it real <laughs> keeping it real i got a face full of of cat hair um <laughs> after that love exchange right there um me personally i i i have a business that i own that does not own me which allows me to pursue my passions which funnily enough uh I'll start with the letter F. So fitness, French, and uh, feng shui. So I study uh, all the different things and, and having a business that you can put down either because you want to, or because you have to, because life happens, yeah. right. Is really wonderful to be able to um, be there when something is going on in your personal or, or business life where you can just put it down and go focus on something else that's important or because you have something else that you're passionate about besides working. Like you you and I, we know we're very passionate about what it is that we do and we could do it all day, every day. But then we also want to do these other things that have nothing to do with making money or business. Right. And so that's me personally as I try to be a well-rounded person and I'm still in it and I love it.
0: I love it. And it's so it's so inspirational because you you have such a, uh, I don't want to say it's, um, it's a, it's a real story. It's not, you know, you weren't handed any of it. You worked hard from the ground up. You learned new skills along the way. You dove into new products, you explored, you did all the things that people say they want to do, or people say you should do and sometimes just don't do right. They step away just like at the moment where it would be most appropriate to do it. And, um, I've never sensed that about you in the, in the year that we've, we've been able to get to know each other more. I've never sensed once that you had that in you to step away from those types of opportunities. So I think that's a a testament to you having all those years of experience, stepping to the plate and being willing to take the risk of like, it works or it doesn't, but if it doesn't work, it's not going to be because you didn't try. And it's not going to be because you weren't the right person. You've always been a good person to other people and you did your best. And so it's, it's worked
1: great. Yes. And some things haven't worked. And those are the things that I also teach. It's like, you know, please don't design your own cover in word and publish it. Like, don't do that. Right. Please. You know what I didn't, but someone did for me, someone who was a designer, like did a cover for me and it, it was awful. And somewhere I have those books Mm -hmm. Like those original copies of those books that are just awful. And it, <laughs> someday I'll do the how it started, how it's going, right? It was like, but you know, people like their vision. <laughs> so I don't want to show them anything that's too ugly because they might be resentful that I was the cause of the loss of their vision. Um, <laughs> but I've made every mistake, I think, or come close to making every mistake that I caution people about or i see people making those mistakes and have the op- not not just the the cost but the opportunity cost cuz those are different right missing an opportunity um is different from leaving money on the table because you had the the opportunity as well the opportunity cost was lost and that's a bummer so i i try to be not only like a guide right? Like wear comfortable shoes, pack snacks, come prepared, you know, save up your money so you can do it right the first time so that you get the longest return on investment. Like, but also like, don't step there (laughs) because it's a sinkhole, right? It's quicksand. You're going to get in it and you can't get out. Right. right? So I try to be the guide of like, come this way. It's going to be fun. It's like, we're going to the zoo, but then also like, don't go over there because like, there's some untrained animals there. they will eat bad (laughs) warning.
0: You can't see, you
1: can't see where you're stepping. Right, right. And and people just do not know what they don't know. And so sometimes they're listening to people who do not have their best interests at heart. They will just sell them something to sell them something. I had that conversation with someone yesterday where I was trying to make a business case for it. And I could have just like talked him right into it and had that wire transfer. But I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and someone said that was actually kind of nice to you because some people would just sell you on it and then laugh all the way to the bank. And that's just not how I'm wired.
0: Yeah, your your integrity runs through your business. And I think that's, you know, and and you've you've managed to do that while you've expanded your revenue streams, which I think is even more impressive because it takes a lot of energy. for, For those that haven't done the multiple revenue stream model yet, it takes a lot of energy to build that foundation. And it might be hard to imagine like, I can't imagine having to do multiple streams um, can you talk a little bit about like, what, what led you into the, the world of generating multiple streams of income as a creative? Because you, I mean, you were doing great, you know, with, with, and you still are doing great with everything to do with being an author and a, and a, and a professional sure. publisher in your right, So, you know, what was the attraction to spread your wings into other areas and, and what did that experience feel like at first?
1: Um, so that's a great question. I, I kind of actually did it the other way because I was a coach first. Oh,
0: that's right, yeah.
1: Coaching first and speaking. And so here's our guest star again.
0: Hey, is it cappuccino
1: again? Frappuccino. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Pickles doesn't do the lap thing during the work. This one does. Um, so I was coaching and just doing the, I remember that that my days were, I had a, it was before I did everything digitally, I had folders, so I had colored folders. And every day of the week, I had a stack of folders. I would pull my client's folders out and I didn't coach in my office. I would coach while my daughter was at school. Mm-hmm. So I would put the folders next to me on one table and I would just do session after session. And when I was finished, I was done making my notes. I'd put the folder in the next table. And so I was doing five, six, seven, eight coaching sessions a day, depending on the day, just coaching all day. And that's a, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that today because- wow. I need a snack. I need nap time. Like I, like, <laughs> what happens when you're young, right? You can just like crank things out. That's a lot of um,
0: emotional investment though, too.
1: Well, I'm, I was also very emotionally invested with my clients because as a business coach, that what perhaps is not said is that your business coach can sometimes be the person and the only person for whom you tell all of the truth, right? You talk about imposter syndrome. You talk about the affair that your spouse is having. You talk about the politics in partnership at your law firm, right? Because you can't talk up, Mm -hmm. can't talk to your boss about stuff. You can't talk to your subordinates about stuff. You're in competition with your peers. Who do you talk to? Well, you talk to your coach, right? And once you have that level of relationship, and if your coach actually cares about you, which I do, right? Right. Um, you're talking to your coach about everything. So you're right. There was a lot of Mm. how are you, right? How are you really? And then also I was hired to help you to move toward goals. So we got to stay focused on the outcome, but it is very hard as I know very well. It is very hard to stay outcome focused when the wheels are one of the wheels is off your bus, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you go, develop business so that you can stay on the partner track when your husband is, or your wife's having an affair, or one of your kids isn't doing well, or there's a, a tropical storm, right. Or hurricane. Right. I mean, like any number of things mean life isn't perfect and you still have to create results and you can't talk up and you can't talk down. So nevertheless, I'm in the thick of that and doing all of that and working on myself. So we've talked about your professional development, uh, will not succeed your personal development. So I was, I've always been a personal development person. And I went to an event where I met Mark Victor Hansen, and he was the one who said, everyone's a coach and a speaker. You must write a book, Mm. which is now the title of one of my books. (laughs) You must write a book. It's right? a brilliant,
0: I mean, brilliant title. I love it. 12
1: years later, 12 years later, he said, everybody's a coach and a speaker, honey, you must write a book. Like you've got to differentiate yourself with a book. I went, oh yeah. How hard could that be? Thanks, Mark. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But I, I took his advice and I went home. He, he gave me some advice. I talked to him for about 30 minutes and he gave me some solid advice and I pulled out my journal and I wrote it all down and I went home and I did it. I did what a lot of people don't do, which is Get advice from someone who knows what they're talking about and go put it into place. So I did that. I wrote and published my first book. Now, I didn't know all the other things. I didn't know the four cornerstones of a professionally published book. I didn't know you know, how to pre-launch and launch and market a book. I didn't know any of those things. But I took the advice and wrote the book and then talked about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just got it out there in the in the early 2000s kind of way that you got books out there, which is different from today in many ways. Some of it's the same. Some of it's different. Um, So then I started realizing, oh, I could earn income from my books and did and noticed, oh, there's this income from coaching and this income from books and this income from training, speaking. So I was like, i want to do all of them. This this seems like a great idea to diversify my income. Now, in, in my youth and in my early business, I had a network marketing direct sales business. Mm. And one of the things that I heard was, if you're working for someone, you're working for the man, they're going to get rich and not you. And not that it's a man, but that the company is going to always do better. It's like, do you want to own McDonald's? Or do you want to own McDonald's franchise? Like always, you want to own McDonald's because you want to have those multiple revenue streams. So I picked that up and that was always in the back of my mind. And I wanted to have income diversification. So I wanted to have money coming from here and money coming from here and money coming from here, because as a then single mom, I was concerned that if this went away, then what, who am I Mm going to rely on foster kids, single mom. So I had some trust issues with income streams
0: now because that was you that was you know you were it was you and your daughter
1: that's it yep that's it my me and my daughter and no kind of um um uh parachute right no parachute and no um oh can i just have right no one to really to call and Mm say i'm in pickle um so that's just how my brain worked and like on my wall right there I have my big post-it note with my little post-it notes and all my income streams like I've had that in my office for all time right it's like where's where are things going to come from and then I just started playing a game like once I got past the have to now it's oh I get to and it's how I trained my brain to think and how I trained my brain to work so it wasn't really like how am I how am I going to make it happen, I organically figured it out, and now it's a game, and then it became, um, I didn't really talk about it, like, it wasn't really something that someone else was doing, and most of my friends are employed, right, Mm -hmm. so I'm weird, like, I don't know what she does, she's kind of, sometimes she looks like, you know, sometimes it looks like, like she hasn't showered today. And sometimes <laughs> it, she's going somewhere and she's dressed up. So I like, do not really know what she does. <laughs> does she really she do anything? Are, you, are those pajama pants? Does those have a giraffe on them? Like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> That's me.
1: <laughs> right. But then I get to dress up and go out. So I was like, I don't really know. Um, we don't really know what's happening. Um, so nevertheless, um, I, I kind of backed into it. But then over time, I would I would find myself in a situation where someone would say, well, tell me about this thing. And then tell me about this thing. And they would ask me questions. It wasn't really anything I was going around talking about. It was just people were asking me. So I went to my first writer's conference and they were like, have you written any books? I'm like, oh, I've written a few books. And I think at that point it was like 20. And they were like 20 <laughs> books. And, but I but I didn't think, Lucas, that it was interesting because... um. I wasn't traditionally published. So even as I was publishing and making money, I thought, well, but it's not really valid because I haven't been given the stamp of approval by traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the way, I started making friends with traditionally published authors. And they were like, you make more money than I do. You have more control than I do. You have more content than I do. Mm -hmm. I want to be you. Because I always wanted to be them, but I was like, but nobody's calling me and saying, hey, Honore, can we publish your book? People say, oh, well, so-and-so called me or, you know, the publishing house or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's really how I started was I just kind of followed the breadcrumbs. Like if I could do a course, could I do a live course? Could I do a live coaching program? Could I do a group coaching program? Could I do a one-on-one coaching program? Could I diversify it in this way? And all along the way, when someone would ask, can you do this? I'm like, I don't know. Let me think about it. And then I would sit down in my quiet time and pencil out an idea and go, okay, You've so, been victim of that. Oh
0: yeah. I mean, right.
1: Hi Lucas. I, I have an idea.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't I was not saying. oh yeah like in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I I I mean you were just it's it's crazy cuz when I hear you say that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I think some of us are just wired to be yes people. Like we see that is like the default answer, but only, I mean I'm not saying yes to everything, but I'm saying like right. yes to things that seem like why can't I do that? It's like a feasible opportunity. Right. Like the math happens pretty quick in your head and you're like, yeah. yep, that works. Um, and then the next thing is I'm, I'm willing to spend some time doing that, right? It's like you've, yep. you've kind of already gotten your, your method of deciding about those things kind of preset so that you can pr- kind of quickly assess whether you're actually interested in investigating this a bit more. And I think right. that that was something that I don't think I really noticed I developed I just thought I was always like, you know, a, a person that doesn't say no to things, but I think that there's a very big distinction between that and what you do and what you do is you're not a person that doesn't say no to things. You know how to say yes to the right things in when they're presented in front of you. It's very easy for you to see a valuable opportunity. Can you maybe shed a little light on like how that works?
1: Yes, and just you just made me realize it even though I wasn't doing it consciously. Like I can do a um I'm sure there's a fancy word for it, right? Farm girl from Ohio. So I don't have the fancy <laughs> term for like risk analysis, profit. I just, you just or... do the
0: math real quick, right? You're just I,
1: like, I do the math and I do. And I, and I, I am, I'm a positive thinker. I'm an optimist. So I think that's important. And I, I want to make people happy. So I think that's important. And um always interested in playing the, how do I create a new income stream game, right? So I think that's important, but I'll give you an, I'll give you a um a, kind of a, an example, which is I don't like math, right? This is a funny thing. So Alison Dillard from EBM 2019 is like, she has the Allison loves math podcast and her interview with me says, you know, Alison loves math and Honoré loves math because I told her she has to, or something like that, Right. So I've always thought I didn't, you know, I don't, uh, things don't make sense to me. And if things don't make sense to me, then I'm a bit of a contrarian. So mostly a rule follower, mostly a law follower. But if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm like, um, you know, I'm mostly a law follower, which means I might speed
0: <laughs> mostly, mostly
1: Mostly, I follow all the laws, except for the laws of speeding. If I'm in a hurry, I might speed I'm just saying, right. <laughs> Almost like
0: within plus or minus 10, 10 miles an hour and
1: 10, mi- ten miles an hour yes so <laughs> um but I but I always had a hard time when people would say well in Q two we did better than Q one but Q two and Q one don't have the same number of days so the math doesn't work also I have to do math so for me also how am I supposed to do 90 days worth of stuff when a goal is a hundred percent. so every day should be what percent. So if it's 90 days then every day is like one point one whatever percent I'm like no just have a hundred days and a hundred percent a goal so every day is one percent. So that's what I came up with for myself hmm. before I ever started coaching. and then when I was coaching myself, I was setting 100 day goals and came up with my own process. So that's one side of the equation. Like, where did that process come from? Right. And then the other side of the equation is I was coaching people and I was saying, we're going to work together and you're going to pay me all this money. The end, like, we're going to just have conversations and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to achieve your goals, right? What's the deliverable. That's it. The conversations. People don't like to buy air so much. They like tangible things. Mm -hmm. Even if the tangible isn't all that tangible, it's still something tangible. So one day I was thinking, I wonder if my hundred day coaching that I do for myself, if I made it a program, it would be helpful for me to get clients because then I wouldn't be selling them air. Even though my, I had clients, they were paying me for air. I was making a very good living, but I thought I'll just combine my coaching program for myself. I'll make it an actual coaching program and I'll sell it to people. And so I can say, we're going to work together for this amount of time You're gonna have three goals because I had three goals. You're gonna have, you write this structure, and this is how much it's gonna be. So there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. You're you're gonna have an outcome. So, where I'm going with that is my thought process for putting it together. But then I had people say, "But I can't afford X. Is there a way you could do it for less money?" And I went, "Well, many hands make light work. So if I worked in a group of people." It's not just me working one-on-one with someone, which might be cost prohibitive to one person. But if I put six people together and they paid a third, I'd actually make double the money for the same amount of time. And then they would have the coaching and then they would have the bench of people. Right. Right. And -hmm. so there was the small group and then there was the larger small group. And then I did a group of all women. So then it was the same structure sort of in a different way with different amounts of people with different amounts of money. So I ended up taking the hundred day program that I worked on for myself and turning it into a one-on-one program, a one-on-six, a one-on-20 inside corporations. And so the breadcrumbs led one to the next, right? So when someone would ask me, can you do it this way? Go. Yes. Let me figure out how to do that. "Can You do it this way. Yes. Let me figure out how to do that. What if we did it this way? can we do it this way? So that's a little bit of that thought process.
0: I love it. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people talk themselves right out of an opportunity before they give themselves a chance to, to really think about it. And other people just microanalyze things They They don't really talk themselves out of it. They just spend a whole lot of time thinking, right. It's like the paralysis, paralysis. by analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, it's really valuable to help just know how to recognize whether you're in a good spot or not with making a decision about where you can go with things, just by recognizing your own behaviors. Like, wait a minute, I'm overanalyzing this. Or, wait, why am I even? Why are we sitting here, ten minutes? You know, bat- batting this thing back and forth. We should just do right. this. Like, we're yeah.
1: <laughs> right? The answer is yes. The answer yeah. is yes. Let me figure out how to do it. And there's some stuff behind that, Lucas. Right? Which is like, do I want to do it?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: But sometimes I go. I don't want to do that. I could totally do that. I would be amazing at that. It would be wonderful. It would be totally lucrative. No. (laughs) Right. So it's like, does it fit with your personality? Yeah. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean that you want to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to, you are a grown person. Or as I would say in EBM, someone would say, oh, I can't make that. Or I don't, you know, I'm like, that's in conflict with me. I'm like, you're a grown ass person. You do not have to do anything you do not want to do. That's right. The only person who has to show up is me. You don't have to show up or you can show up in a different way later. Totally fine.
0: Yeah. I mean- I just, I just feel like that's so much of the mindset piece. And I love that you've been able to bring a lot of that into your program because I've benefited a lot from you, you know, incorporating mindset into your, into your coaching and into your mentorship and into your, your programs, your courses, they all have that element in them. And I think it's super powerful because like you said, in a previous session, people can go do things and become really good at them in a really short period of time. But there's some things you just have to learn over time and through experience. That's the wisdom piece of it. Yeah. And the mindset piece to me, I think is one of the things that uh, y- your wisdom shines through when you when you share the mindset with uh, uh, lessons with people. Because I hadn't even stubbed my toe on some of those by the time you know I was right. running into them for the first time. I was
1: yeah. immediately
0: hearing of ways to resolve them, which was like super awesome. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time dwelling on
1: them. Right. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah, super cool. Well, you know, I'm going to brag about you for a moment because I know, you know, this is this is what I like to do. So um, you have helped me tremendously in my own career as an entrepreneur by having that product ladder that you've set up and your multiple streams of income uh, for yourself and your business have become multiple opportunities for me to improve, right? So your courses are amazing. That's how I got to know you. I got to your courses because I read your book, right? Well, I've read one of your bazillions of books, right? I read, you must write a book. (laughs) And this is on my desk right next to me because I'm using it as I write a book. So for those that don't know, uh, you definitely want to get that if you're in the middle of the process. And um, your mastermind is phenomenal. It's been the, the game changer for me this year. And I'm just so excited to continue experiencing what you produce for other people. And- what you're bringing to ebmc is obviously irreplaceable and Same it's going to be i mean if you're looking for one place to go to learn all the things Honore can teach you um you know you've got you've got some options you've got the empire builders Masterclass. and then you've got honoree and i think that you guys should all run like crazy to both of those sites <laughs> and get as much learning oh as you possibly can because everything you've produced is is it, it hits every single time it resonates. So thank, thank you for you. being willing to take on all those risks and take on those opportunities and share all of that with us.
1: Thank you. Well, the pleasure is mine. I mean, the joy is mine, but but you, my one of my mentors who I never met was Dr. Forrest C. Shackley, who founded the Shackley Corporation. And one of the things that he said was, what you give away, you keep. Mm when you help someone else, you get all of that back in return, right? It's a lot of giving and receiving. And so it's like you, what you give, you get back 10 X. And I've always been a little afraid of that and responsible that, (laughs) right? Cause think about it. (laughs) If If you're not giving good stuff, what you're receiving 10 times is not good stuff times 10, no good. So thank you for that, Lucas. It is a pleasure to work with you and, and, all the EBMers, and then the people who take my courses who are not in EBM or who have, who have never been in or will never be in, I still have that live component because I, I want to be able to answer those questions. And I think it's so important.
0: That was a huge, huge thing for me when I saw that. I was like, all right, I'm going to invest in this course. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's live Q&As. I'm like, all right, I can't say no to this. I just have to do it. <laughs> there's, it's like a, it's like a, a no-brainer. You just, yeah. you just, if you're serious about doing it, don't you know then there's 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 no option if you're really serious y- y- it's worth it and so just jump right. in and, and, and yep. be happy yep. you did so well thank you so much miss honore i appreciate you spending so much of your valuable time sharing it with us Always. and i can't wait to learn more about uh how i mean just all the amazing wisdom that you have to share with us in future videos and um mm-hmm. we'll be talking again very soon
1: okay i bet we will like in 5 minutes
0: <laughs> bye guys bye Okay. <laughs>